Welcome back, everyone, to I Loved This Conversation. I'm Alex Salzberg. I'm an indie animator, an animation director, a writer, and a podcaster. This is my podcast where I talk to creative people in my growing creative community about what is currently going on in our creative lives. You know when you get coffee with an artist friend and you just have one of those conversations where you feel like you can share everything and you leave feeling encouraged and inspired and warm? That's how I hope this podcast feels for everyone listening. Just a dose of that inspiration and encouragement and warmth and realness uh, every two weeks. In just three minutes, you'll hear my conversation with Jake Novak. If you spent any time on TikTok in 2022, that name might sound familiar. We'll go more into this, but a music video that Jake created about wanting to be a Saturday Night Live cast member went viral on TikTok in kind of the wrong way. It it wasn't offensive or politically charged in any way. People just didn't like it or, or didn't really like what he was trying to do. They had a negative reaction to it. And Jake received thousands upon thousands of comments that ranged from poking fun to full-on bullying and hatred. And there were just so many, and I remember this, so many videos were made reacting to this video, mocking it, parodying it. And it was just so relentless that Jake kind of had to disappear from the internet for a year. And he's only recently returned to do some interviews and the occasional video. We learn about people's whole lives on this podcast, but at its core, it's really about talking to people about where they are now. And I couldn't help but think that like wherever Jake is now, what he's going through right now would probably be pretty interesting to talk about in the moment. Not years later, but right now, a year after that debacle. And so I'm so happy that Jake sat down with me. We recorded virtually. I was in Boston. Jake was in L.A. And I was blown away by Jake's thoughtfulness, his like raw honesty about everything, and his sense of humor about some of these dark things that he's been through. I also really loved hearing just more about him as an artist and his background, his influences, his passions. Anyway, obviously, I really like Jake. I really love talking to him. I'm at my desk here in Boston. I don't have much to talk about in terms of my creative life. If you've heard my past few episodes, you know that I am about to have a baby like any day now, any minute could happen while I'm recording this intro, in which case I don't know if you'll hear it. (laughs) So if you're hearing this, it probably didn't happen for at least another five minutes. I don't know how this baby is going to affect my creative life. I'm obviously more focused on just like the life part of having a baby. That's what I'm excited about. That's what I'm anticipating. And, you know, I do think a part of settling into parenthood over the next couple weeks and months is going to be navigating my ability to continue to make art and to continue to talk with other artists. And I don't know what that's going to look like, but I am 99.9% sure that I will not stop doing either of those things. And I'm so grateful to all the other artists in my life who are also parents who set an amazing example. Anyway, enough about my impending dadhood. You'll get to hear, I'm sure, way more angst about creating and parenting in the future. But you probably want to meet our guest and hear his connection to me. My name is Jake Novak, and my connection to you, Alex, is uh, you reached out to me in an email. And that is, that is how we met. I mean, as far as I know, unless there's more things that I'm not aware of. <laughs> yeah, no, as far as I know, uh, we met through email. I'm going to start with our opening question that we ask everyone. What is something you are currently going through in your creative life? I feel great. I have no problems. Everything is perfect. Um, so that's, <laughs> that's it. Let's see. I mean, it's, there's so many ways I could go with that. But I think the main thing that I'm kind of working with right now is trying to just sort of um, find my footing again. 
a lot of like the the last year plus for me has been pretty shaky ground underneath me and I've started to like I think reclaim some of that and and find a little bit more of stability and and a sense of self but I'm still kind of figuring out how to ramp back into actually the work of creative work you know of actually sitting down and being like well this is you know I am I am here to create something for the next hour or something like that and that is something I was really in good tune with uh, a, a while back and you know sort of a had a long break from things. And I think that I'm still sort of figuring out how I want to approach going to work, basically, and, and what that's going to feel like for me um, after after a long time of not doing it. So it's a little it's a little strange. I'm not like quite sure how to manage it yet. It's coming in fits and starts. I guess my first question on that, that totally makes sense. You know, we can get as far or or shallow <laughs> in, in, into the reason for some of your break as, sure, as we sure. want to or naturally do. But my first question before we dive into any of those waters is just based on, you know, so much of the reason you took a break has to do with an audience response. Um, mm-hmm. When you think about creating as you put some of those feet back on the ground, like, are you thinking about creating for yourself? Is the audience or an audience in mind yet? Where do you fall on that? I mean, I think my answer now is different than it would have been a year ago. A year ago, I was making a lot of things that were specifically geared toward an audience. The point was, I'm trying to get people to watch these things. So it was, what can I aim myself toward that is designed to get people interested in it very quickly? Because I was doing work on TikTok mostly. I mean, it was on other platforms too, but TikTok most significantly. And of course, you know, TikTok is attention economy and and yeah. you got to grab them in the first milliseconds. <laughs> otherwise, they're yeah. gone and watching something about architecture, or cats or whatever. And so it's like, OK, how can I get something that's going to like be approachable, familiar to them and make them want to engage with it and watch it more in some way? And so that's really what was driving a lot of where I was focusing my creative energies. But I think that now, after sort of being uh, burned by that, <laughs> you know, uh, in a way, I think that I'm focusing a lot less on that. And I'm sitting in the question of like, okay, what's actually interesting to me? Like if I was just doing this for myself and not concerned at all with what the audience is going to be or what the response is going to be, like what's interesting to me? What do I want to do that's going to fulfill me creatively? And that's what I'm sitting in now. And quite frankly, I'm finding it a lot more interesting. I mean, I think it's just sort of like allowing myself to explore slower ideas Mm. Um, and not trying to to worry so much about like that three second or less grab or, or hook yeah. or something like that. It's like, okay, if somebody's going to scroll past it, then that's fine. They're they're allowed to do that. And I encourage them to do that if they don't want to watch it. Um, But I, I think it's one of those things where it's like, if they stick around, there's going to be something to reward that. I think my process before, I mean, it, ha- it had to be very fast because I was producing one to two videos per week. And these weren't usually just videos where I would, set up a ring light and put the phone in front of it and just talk to the camera. Not knocking that at all, but I'm saying the production that I was putting into it is a lot more significant recording music. And so then I have to write that and then sing it, produce that track. And then as I'm filming the video, I have to be like lip syncing to it with enough precision that it's not going to be totally obvious that I'm not doing it live and all of those sort of things. So it's like you put that together and it's like you can't do it in an hour. The internet machine demands that you're just (laughs) cranking out stuff every single 
single moment of every single day. Yeah, it's it's a content monster. And so it was like, well, I got to be doing this all the time. And so I had to just work at a breakneck pace. And I think that I will not be doing that quite as much. I mean, there's definitely like a part of me just sort of likes, you know, when I get in a flow, like I really like and get energized by doing that. So I don't think that that necessarily is going to change, but it's not going to be like, okay, I need to post something tomorrow. So I got to come up with an idea and then execute it in the next 15 hours. I don't think that's going to be there anymore, which I think is good. On the one hand, I, I'm with you. I also prefer slower and, you know, Sometimes I'm grateful. My art form is animation. Iconically slow. Like <laughs> iconically time consuming. Yeah. I doomed myself to a life. And <laughs> and there are styles of animation that can be done quickly. Even the, the animation I do for this podcast often mm-hmm. is done with a pretty quick turnaround. But mm-hmm. I do like that slower pace. On the other hand, yeah. I do find sometimes that when you are creating with either an audience in mind or something you're commenting on that needs to be commented on quickly, sometimes yeah. I feel I do really amazing creative work. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like if if there were things you liked about that pace and that style of creating. Absolutely. You know. Yeah, no, it's, you're completely right. I mean, it, there was something I'd be just scrolling, you know, on TikTok or whatever, and I would come across like, oh, this is a new one. Um, this is mm. a new thing that I think I could do something with. And then just being like, well, I'm going to want to get this out as quickly as possible. So let's go to work right now. Drop my plans for the rest of the day. Yeah. You know, like, let's just roll up the sleeves and and see what comes out. And there is something kind of magical about that of just being like forced into the highest gear. I totally agree with you that like some really kind of incredible stuff can can come out of that stuff that I, you know, I'm still proud of that. I was like, wow, I, I did that in like a day from yeah. concept to, to release was, you know, barely more than 24 hours because it had to be, you know, the only chance of it doing anything was going that quickly. There is a real thrill to that from the energy and the adrenaline of it. But also because, like you said, sometimes you really get some of your best stuff from that. Yeah, I, I was going to ask, are you nostalgic for that creatively fertile time? I know that's probably a layered question for you. But. I, you know, it, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. I mean, it's easier for me to think back on that time at this point, just because, you know, time, healing, wounds, etc. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's I think back on it. I was actually just thinking about this the other day and talking about it with a friend. And I was looking at some of like the dates of the videos that I had put out. There were so many of them so close together. I was like, how do they do that? Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. And and on top of that, like, I was working full-time hours in things that were not related to content creation at all. And now I think of myself today and I'm like, well, you know, I did about 15 minutes of work and it's like, that's good. Like, pat myself on the back. Good job. We'll do some more tomorrow. And it's just like, wow, like, that is totally, totally not my world anymore. And I do kind of miss, like, just waking up every morning and feeling like, yeah, I've got that much of a drive and purpose behind what has to get done today. I certainly feel nostalgic for that energy. You know, we've we've obviously like circled. The, we've been dancing. We've been dancing. dancing. And, and and again, I'm not here to just talk to you no, about that. But we, we, I mean, I mean, you know, there should be context. That's yeah, that's fine. The, the, context. the way I want to ask and I can also provide some context in the intro for the sure. for the listeners who were not on TikTok in um, 2022. But Less for now. we've we've um, referred to this ominous incident. Um <laughs> And I, the way I want to ask it is, let's say you were on an elevator with uh-huh. my mom. How would you explain to her? And she's not on TikTok, although she is right. on Instagram Reels, so she might see okay. this next year. But you know. 
<laughs> that's so funny. That's a great way to put it because like I've sort of had to deal with that similar situation of just like <laughs> describing it to family members, you know, or right. things like that who don't really, you know, understand yeah. the social media world. And I'm just like, I don't even know how to <laughs> how to describe this. So basically I made I made a video in the summer of 2022 on TikTok that was uh pitching myself to be like a, a cast member on SNL and just like Pretty quickly, the whole TikTok decided that they hated it, like, Mm. real bad. And then they, like, also hated me. Uh, And so it just became the sport of the summer to write mean things to me and, like, make mean videos uh, about me. Uh, And that was, uh, you know, how how did I do? Did mom get it? I think she would understand that. Okay, yeah, yeah, I mean that that about sums it up. Uh, I guess I guess like this might be weird, but bear with okay. me. Like I'll tell you about my journey with your video, which kind of leads Ooh. to what like a why I want to talk to you about some of this yeah. stuff. I was a TikTok user. I started in 2020 with everyone, and um, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I had seen any of your other videos before. But yeah. I will say your your video, the the SNL one, popped up before I saw anything mean about it. So I wasn't super familiar with you. I, I watched it, and I and I will admit, like my reaction was negative at first. I don't like to, I hate the word cringe, but like I had that <laughs> vulnerable discomfort of like watching somebody take a big earnest swing. My reaction wasn't negative to the like the music. Like it was so clear. You're you were like a talented uh, artist, and then you know in the coming days I saw what you described, which was yeah. the sport of the summer of, and TikTok kind of again for my mom TikTok kind uh-huh. of works where um, if you see one video about something, it kind of starts showing you lots of stuff. So I, I saw what what you were going through with this sort of pile on, and I'm not someone who participates in pile ons, but I did watch it. And I had that feeling of like, ooh, glad I'm not that guy. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but then, you know, um, yeah. over the past year, I've thought about you on and off. I've dug back into your body of work, like watched a lot of your videos. And mm-hmm. as I thought about myself, this is going to sound weird, but I realized I am that guy. And I, I don't even mean that in like oh. an empty way. I just mean that like, I feel you're someone who's like super talented in so many ways. You are clearly someone who's like been working your ass off as an artist <laughs> and an entertainer for years. And you wondered for a moment, like, hey, if I could just get noticed, if something, <laughs> someone would just notice me for a moment, then then I'll have this body of work and all this talent and everything that that can back it up. But I just need to be noticed. And like, man, I feel that all the time as an animator. I'm starting to feel that way about this podcast. And there's been so many times in my career that I've fantasized about taking a big swing. Yeah, that, that's kind of my journey, if that makes sense. And yeah. I, I'm curious, like, does any of what I said resonate with you? Does any of it feel accurate, inaccurate? Well, you, you, you really hit the nail on the head. You know, I'd only really been on TikTok for a few months at that yeah. point. I started earnestly using TikTok in March of 2022. And at that point, I had 64 followers and they were all my friends. And then you get to June of 2022 and I've got over 250,000 followers Mm. and I have videos that are racking up in the millions of views. And it's just sort of like, okay, this is moving very quickly. There was a lot of creative flow going on. I was cranking out stuff very regularly and at a quality that I was happy with. I had no reason to think that that was not going to continue. And so I thought, okay, if I'm sort of like riding this wave here and I'm starting to get a lot of attention on me here, maybe if I can 
sort of take a, you know, yes, a, a big swing, but maybe this is the time to do it because I've mm-hmm. suddenly, for the first time in my life and career, I have eyeballs on me. Like there are people who yeah. actually are interested and are caring and are liking this. And so if I can put something out that is showing that like I am trying to do things that are different than what I'm doing right now. I'm trying to go on to other bigger stages. That's my goal. And I've got this, you know, group, like this legion of people at this point who are have already indicated their interest and support. Maybe that will just allow it to snowball. In, and it did. It just snowballed the bad way. Right. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right on that's where it came from was like, if I can just, you know, make it clear mm-hmm. who I want to see this, then they will be able to go back and look at what I've done to that point and say, like, let's see what this guy's got. And I felt confident that I was going to hold up and, and represent me well. I guess something that struck me about the video as I, I rewatched it recently is, in a sense, whatever anyone feels about it, it almost is like a video resume or something. Like in, in a world of VHS, you could send that out to agencies in the sense that you were, here's who I am. Here are my talents. Here's the type of work I would like to do. I would like mm-hmm. to make funny music videos. And you even said, and, and I know this is something people piled on about, but you even said like, hey, I'm this type. I'm comparing myself in some veins to these other artists, you know, mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda and Andy Samberg. And yeah, absolutely. And <laughs> to be frank, I'm only somewhat aware of like what all has been said about mm-hmm. me and this because I just had to stop paying attention to that. So that yeah, I didn't uh, absolutely lose my mind. Probably the right call. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think we'd be having this conversation right now. I don't know, mm-hmm. like for what reason that sounded really dark. I didn't mean it like that. No, but, no, it's but, okay. you know, it's but it but it was dark. So, yeah, you know, it's not sugarcoated. But yeah, I think there's been, you know, sort of this um, idea that like it was an audition tape or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, and it's like not even at all. The thing was trying to get an audition. It was not the thing itself. I'm just saying like, hello, this is yeah. this is the, the brief introduction. If you're at all interested, there's plenty more for you to look at to actually judge my merits and what I do. But yeah, I think. Uh, ultimately, that may have been a miscalculation, but that's uh, that was what the intent was. You felt like you were riding this wave. Did it feel when that I'm going to switch metaphors, but when the rug got pulled out from under you, <laughs> uh, did you feel tricked or like duped almost by whoever, mm. whatever force TikTok social media culture, you know, uh, yeah. and, I, and I don't mean to put you in a position to like blame anyone thing. Uh. It did kind of feel like the rug was pulled out from underneath me, but I don't know if I felt like someone has pulled out the rug. Some be- some entity has decided maliciously to pull out the rug. It was just sort of like, well, I was on a rug and now I'm not. I don't really know how we got here, but that's what's happening. It definitely was disorienting of like, I'm used to this going very differently. And all of a sudden, you know, the response was just so opposite of what I had become used to. Yeah, it was it was pretty jarring. I almost have this sense, and again, this is so from an outside perspective, and I'm not mm-hmm. an expert in anything I'm about to say, but like, <laughs> I almost get the sense that your video accidentally was released on like the day the millennials stopped being dominant in culture <laughs> and Gen Z started being dominant. And obviously, uh, like, generations yeah. are arbitrary and so on and so forth. But like, clearly, an influence of yours is Lin Manuel Miranda. You can see it mm-hmm. even in the way TikTok <laughs> turns on him every other year. Yeah. And by the way, I, I love him. I, yeah, I think he's, he's, he's amazing. He's 
yeah. yeah, I think he's great. I also love like how he talks about his work and all of that. And and I'm fascinated with the culture's relationship with him because it goes back and forth constantly. Right. Anyway, it's, I'm yeah, I'm it's... rambling, but <laughs> I'm curious, like, <laughs> is there any feeling of you just happen to get caught in some crosshairs or, or did you take it pretty personally? I don't know if I framed this episode particularly through that lens, but mm -hmm. I think sort of looking back on it, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't want to suggest that by saying this, I am apologizing or not proud of the work that I do and the way that I do it. But I do think I came up being influenced by this type of work that was, you know, that sort of like well-produced, precisely written things. And it's like, okay, so because those were my influences and just because of my own sensibility, and that's what I drifted towards, that's the kind of work that I wanted to produce and then began producing. And yeah, it is sort of like this weird trick of fate. Oh, just as I'm starting to harness that inspiration into something that I can put out, it's no longer of interest to anyone. Not even no longer of interest. It's, it's the object of disinterest and ridicule. I mean, I have no control over that. It, it certainly sucks that I happen to get kind of in the crosshairs of that, like you were saying, but but at the same time, it's like, well, what am I going to do? Am I going to just like not make stuff that is the way that I want to make it? I don't know what really to do about that other than to just kind of stick to my guns and do what is interesting to me. Not to say that can't change, you know, and evolve, but I don't think the <laughs> the, the structure of it fundamentally is going to change because it's just what I like. I mean, and that kind of brings us back to the work you're doing now. Is there yeah. now... In a sense, now that you've, I guess, been able to perceive like, OK, maybe my work, which is the sum of my influences, isn't for everyone. Do you feel more or less free right now oh, to just make more. the work you love? Yeah, way more. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I think and this is something I've heard from a lot of other people in various different media of like when you have that sort of first blush with people caring about your work, it's like, OK, well, cool, I now am going to try to make everyone love me. Um, and uh, like, I'm yep. just going to do what I need to do to have as wide of an appeal as possible while still maintaining what is interesting about mm -hmm. me. And I think that it inevitably for almost everyone comes back and bites you in the ass. That's not actually, that's not attainable. Someone who's like, oh man, like I've been trying for such a long time to like get anyone to care and then you've got it. And it's just like, cool. So how do I keep that going for as long yeah. as possible? And then, yeah, to have that sort of go away is like, ah, there really is a, a burden lifted of, I really don't have to care. Like, yeah. I, I ultimately, like, what I end up finding interesting for myself, I'm hoping is going to be interesting to other people. Maybe it'll be a smaller subsection of the entire, you know, piece of the TikTok pie or, or whatever it is. But hopefully... They're not going <laughs> to uh, uh, have me repeat what happened last summer and just like, you know, rip me to shreds all over again. Um, right. I think a lot of people would maybe ascribe this narrative or something that now that you you were at the bottom, I'm putting that in quotes, but, you know, like, yeah. the, I mean, it sounds like it was a really, really dark time. Yeah. Wasn't um, but like, I think a lot of people might imagine you're going to come back doing like really dark, raw work. <laughs> I mean, is, yes. is any of that narrative ring true? Yeah. I mean, no one can see this right now, but I've got black eyeliner. And, oh, yeah. And just full spiked hair. And, you know, <laughs> That's a very millennial version of. I, I was just thinking that. I'm just like, <laughs> someone's going to absolutely trash me for that. And you know just, what? Just getting ahead of it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Let's call it what it is. I'm like, that's fine. That's fine. I think probably it, it might be darker and more raw than what people are used to seeing from me. But that's 
not even really saying a lot because a lot of stuff I was doing was like really upbeat. But even so, I mean, I don't know. I don't even know if I agree with that now that I've said it out loud because there's a lot of stuff that I was doing that was dealing with issues like anxiety and depression, you know, just sort of mental illness in, in general. And while it might have been presented in kind of a fun form, I don't I don't think that I've been shying away from some, some of the darker topics and maybe the way that gets presented is going to be different i imagine it will be there are a lot of themes in your body of work of like mm-hmm. loneliness comes up as a theme a lot and yeah i kind of want to get into like your work in general when you first came into sort of your your adult creative life i, I mm-hmm. would guess that you're someone who had creative impulses as a kid too but when you first came into your adult creative life what did you picture your creative life looking like at that time whether it was when hmm. you were in college graduating i moved out here to LA um, when I was fresh out of college with the intent of just being an actor. That was the goal. I was, you know, I was trying to get an agent and like audition for things and be an actor. I'd been acting since I was nine. I went to school for theater and I'd been a theater actor since I was a kid. And that was always my passion. But then when I was in school for theater, this was like in the early days of streaming, having access to a lot of stuff for the first time in, in a new way. And I started to discover shows like Mad Men and Breaking Bad. And they just totally blew my mind in terms of, I didn't know that you could do that with a TV show. Slow, long, complicated and immersive storytelling. And I just like, I couldn't put it down. And so like within a couple of years, I was like, I think I want to go do that. Like that Mm. is, that's what's interesting to me, really. That's what made me literally change my entire life plan over the course of a couple months from being like, I had thought I was going to move to New York for as long as I could remember to try and do the Broadway thing. And then it was just like, nope, we're shifting posts. And then where did, because you started uh, making music videos and songs prior to TikTok. I know you were mm-hmm. doing stuff on YouTube and all of that. Yeah. The first one that I did, it kind of came about because I had more time than I was used to having. Ironically, I came out to L.A. to do film and TV, and then I ended up working a bunch in theater for years. I was working in some theater at the time, and I uh, I got injured. It wasn't like a horrible injury. It just sort of was one of those little back injuries that never gets better, no matter what you do. So I was at this time where I literally could not work. I was on medical leave from my job. I was not allowed to work. I was not fit to work. And I had nothing to do. I was bored out of my mind. And that's when I started to just have the time to start writing. It was something that I always had wanted to do, but I never had the time to do it because I was mm. just too busy with my work schedule and just tired and, you know, like all of those kinds of things from running around and trying to pay the rent in Los Angeles. But finally, I just had this time because I couldn't do anything all day. So I started exploring, oh, okay, like, what is this? Do I like this? Am I any good at this? What is this? Like, I've never never done it. So let's see what it is. I had an idea one day for like a little parody song. I was like, I think this is funny and clever. Like, I'm going to see if I can scrape together like a couple hundred bucks, pay somebody to film this because I don't even know what cameras are. And let's just see if we can do a thing. And that's where it came from. It was like, I have no outlet here. So let me see if I can create one for myself. And that was really exciting to me. I'm not going to say the thing that I made was like the greatest thing of all time, but I still stand behind it, especially for where I was and just dipping my toe in with it. I was really proud of being able to do that. And that's when I started exploring more. I was doing a lot more writing that was not being filmed, trying to like write pilots or screenplays, things like that. And I was taking up a lot of my time, but I always just ended up coming back to, I want to make something that I can film and just like 
have have a thing I can create and, and put out and be proud of. I found that kind of intoxicating, like the first mm-hmm. time that you're like, oh, I don't need to go but through any gatekeepers. Yes. Um, w- was it addicting in a sense? Completely, completely. Because it's it's a, it's a great thing to like, you know, come out to a city like L.A. Mm-hmm. and just be like, cool, I want to make it in Hollywood. <laughs> cool. Like you're the 950th person today to get off that plane. Yeah. Everybody here has something like that. And it happens to so few people. And so, you know, after a few years of, of just being like, I've been here like and I just I can't seem to get any doors open. It's not like I'm getting opportunities, but they're just not panning out. I can't even get an audition for the kind of stuff that I want to go in for. And it was just like, what do you do? Even if I might be right for something, I can't get in a room to show somebody that. Or if it's like, okay, maybe you weren't right for this one, but you did a good job. Let's bring you in for this other thing. I had no way of even starting to form those kinds of connections. Yeah. And so being able to just say like, I'm going to try this one on my own. Uh, the buck stops with me. I am the only person that has to greenlight this. Yeah. And I say that I can do it. I'm going to cobble together the dollars that I have and try and make it happen. It's like liberating is is the wrong word. I think it's empowering. Um, yeah. It's, it's empowering because you just get a little, even if it's not going to lead to anything, you get the sense of like, I'm a little bit more in control of my own destiny here. There is a chance that somebody is going to see this thing and maybe it'll turn into something else for me. And probably not, but at least I'm giving them the opportunity. I'm giving people the opportunity to come across me and we'll see where that goes. And that is just like such a difference from the day to day of like, I don't know how to get anyone to know I exist. Man, I I relate to a lot of what you said. And I I feel for my actor friends, like (laughs) I imagine at some point in your life, you've been in a waiting room full of guys that look like you they look like you they talk like you they are you know of the same value to the casting director as you are and you're just like all right this is so uncomfortable yeah man something i do relate to is going the more independent route and and how empowering that can be but then i go through cycles and sometimes they're day to day sometimes it's year to year but these cycles of like okay i've spent all this time going the independent route it has i mean this is kind of what we were talking about before but like no a lot of people or not the people i want to notice haven't noticed Uh then i get this concern of like if i went back in time and just went through the system Uh and just kept pushing instead Uh of I guess what I'm saying is sometimes on a darker day, I am worried that the independent route was actually mm-hmm. like the cowardly route or something. So maybe not cowardly, yeah. but worried that like, oh, was that wrong? Should I have just stayed on that other path? I definitely do relate to that. And especially like like you're saying in, in the darker times, like on a day-to-day basis, do I think that? No, probably not. But right. if we're talking about like after the SNL video and people getting tens of millions of views on videos that were all about how bad I was and like right. people just being like, yes. We agree. Okay, that it's sounds like, worse than being in a room full of uh, other, you know, I, young I, I would guys say, with glasses. You know, if, you're, if we're weighing things, but you know, I think for me, it's more of like maybe the reason it didn't happen the traditional way is because like I just can't hack it, you know, like because I'm mm. not good enough to. And like here, everyone else has found that out with me trying to circumvent the system. Everyone's like, "Nah, dude, you, you sit down because there's a reason you're not being called for this already. Um, it's because you're bad, um, you know." Yeah. And it's and it's just like ah. Yeah, so maybe maybe the reason I couldn't get in is just because no one wanted me there anyway. Man, on on those dark, I mean, look, I share some of those fears even without having experienced w- what you did. But on those days, can you create? How do you get back to creating? I know you're kind of in the middle of this process right yeah. now. Yeah, there was like this this whole campaign on TikTok where everyone thought I was dead. Um, oh God! Right, because 
you know, in the internet world, if you if you don't post something within three days, you're dead. It's the only logical explanation, right? <laughs> there's no, you can't just like be taking a personal week or. You know, it's you, also there's almost like a narcissistic thing where everyone's like, "Wow, we really we're so good at bullying." Like he must be dead. <laughs> yeah, for real, exactly. It was like. No, <laughs> no, everyone. But that's, you know, that really was, that really was a, a big thought that was going on. I think there was a lot of speculation about like, oh God, like, where did he go? My handle on, on social media is who is Jake Novak? And right. so like people started being like, where is Jake Novak? Right. And it's like, I'm just at home and going to work and I feel weird. I stopped posting because my confidence was so shattered um, that I did not trust any of the ideas that I had to be good enough. And of course, the longer that I went, I mean, I was thinking at the beginning of this thing, like, just ride it out. It's shit, but like, just ride it out. And the internet has a very short memory and it will pass soon. And it just like fully didn't like it just yeah. you know, like the longer that I was gone, the worse that it got. Um, and so that just compounded this anxiety of like, Ah, like if I had just said something a week ago, like this would have just kind of probably gone away. But now that I haven't, because I was trying to figure out how to do it the right way, then it's gotten worse. And so now it's harder to figure out what the right thing is to do. And so you just like take that going like day after day, it's getting worse and worse and worse. I have no idea what to do. Like I was totally paralyzed in that. So I think as much as I would love to say like, it's just the internet being the internet, and like it didn't yeah. impact me. It's like, no. No, the reason I was gone for so long was because I had to reckon with myself of like, what do I I think of myself what do i think of of my abilities and and do i trust what all of these people are saying or do i trust my own intuition and what i know to be true and what even is my own intuition because i forgot because it was so clouded you know my judgment was so clouded by all of these other negative voices coming in with such rapidity for such a long amount of time um so that whole time was was just like a, a deconstruction and a reconstruction for me of like how do i hold myself up um, yeah. how do I, how do I believe in myself? You know, as corny as that sounds, if you don't have a belief in yourself and you're trying to be like an artist in any kind of way, how are right. you supposed to get through that? It's really, yeah, it's really challenging. I'm, I'm curious, like, again, this is like something I think would be the easy cliche thing someone would guess is like, mm -hmm. oh, well, he's an artist. So like he created his way into this mess. He's going to create <laughs> his way out. I even, I bet people during that year that you were, um, presumed dead. <laughs> that, uh, you know, people were thinking like, oh, when Jake comes, he's just writing the perfect return to the Internet mm -hmm. or this and that. Did you feel at any point you could create your way out or did it have to be something other than creativity that got you out of the darkness? I don't mean out of like the situation oh, yeah. from others perspective, but for you. I totally thought that was going to be the way out of it. I mean, you know, to, to bring it back to Lin-Manuel, right? It's like, oh, yeah, you, know, to, of, uh, you know, I'll write my way out, you know? And yep. like, and that's, you know, that's sort of a, a mantra that I've had for myself at various times yeah. over the past, whatever, seven years since Hamilton has existed. That's my power. That's what I can do. And so that's what I have to do. I just have to write my way out of this. And yeah, just like I proved unable to, you know, really overcome the external factors. Um, yeah with that, which was, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I think it was disappointing in some ways, but I think also in the long term, it allowed me to kind of acknowledge my humanity mm. in a new way of just being like, look, I am not a superhero. I am not above the same emotions that everybody else is subjected to. And this was a bad thing and a really hurtful and destabilizing thing. And I'm allowed to have 
an appropriate commensurate reaction to that. I can't expect myself to just be Teflon because I'm not. I am flesh and blood. And I think it was probably one of the first times in a long time that I just acknowledged that I can slow down if I need to. Like, I need to just listen to what's going on sometimes and say, like, I don't have it right now. And I just need to kind of take care of myself. And doing that was hard. Um, but ultimately, I think it was the single best thing I needed to do just to understand how, if I'm to have a career in this industry going forward, how I'm going to be a human being while doing that. What were some of the ways you found your humanity? Spending time with people. That's historically been something that I have shirked because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm an introverted person sort of naturally and, and I was very much, you know, would characterize myself that as a, as a young adult and, and like, you know, well into my 20s. And I was just too driven by work and like feeling like I needed to make money that I put social connections and fostering those relationships and friendships very much on the back burner. Now it was at a time where it was like work is not something I can think about at all or creativity, you know, none of that is on my plate. And I found myself wanting to be around other people more and, you know, the people that I care about. Yeah. And so I just started really fostering those relationships in ways that I never really had. And it's been so rewarding and just kind of like this, this thing of like, oh, like I didn't realize what I wasn't getting there these holes that I felt in my life before that I just sort of like was plastering over with with busyness. And it's like, oh, there's a reason people have friends and like make the effort to like be actively involved in their lives and not just an occasional presence. That was really kind of a, a new thing for me and was such an important one. Is it a lot of other artists? Is it some non-artists? I'm always curious about that with people's communities. It's It's generally artists. That's pretty much how we all came together is from doing musicals together or other artistic interests that aligned. Did they understand what you were going through? Was it hard to explain what you were going through? They understood it better than most. I was just talking about, you know, what the feelings were and, and all the kind of stuff that was going on. But there were limitations to how much they could understand, which is good because that means that they hadn't gone through the same thing. And I don't wish that on them because right. it was not enjoyable. So there's a part of me that was like grateful that they couldn't get all of it. But at times there was a bit of isolation and, you know, loneliness that I felt of just like, who who else can I talk to that like actually gets this from a first person perspective? It's not like I felt like they were falling short or anything like that. Like they were, they were incredible. They did more than they probably <laughs> should have been able to do. But I felt like there was a ceiling as far as how much they could really relate. And, and that in itself, you know, just kind of felt like it walled me off um, even further. Yeah. We have to get to our lightning round soon. We have Ooh. a lightning round. But yeah, I, I do want to kind of quickly ask. Um, well, I want to share. I'll share this with you. You don't know okay. me, so this will not be surprising <laughs> or unsurprising. But people who know me actually may be surprised by this. People familiar with the work I do. One of my favorite creative things to do of all time is... Mm -hmm writing lyrics. It's not oh. something that I ever get to do in like a very professional or or even performing way because unlike you, I don't have the other talents that can then deliver those lyrics. Um, <laughs> I can't I can't sing or, or rap or anything like that. I just have always been a fan of that art form of writing lyrics with wordplay, playing with vocabulary 
punchlines, mm-hmm. finding the humor. And it seems like from your work, you have a real passion for that and a real talent for that. So I'm curious, yeah. like, what is your approach to lyric writing or, or maybe mm-hmm. what are some of your favorite ways to play with lyrics? Well, it's so cool to hear that, like, that's <laughs> a thing that interests you, too. I think it's it's endlessly fascinating. I, you know, we, we've talked about like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who, of course, is a, a fantastic lyricist. But also before I was exposed to him, I was uh, exposed to Stephen Sondheim by my and many accounts of the greatest <laughs> of all time. I would remember listening to the lyrics of some of his songs and just thinking, like, how is that even possible? There, there'd be so many times where I'd just be like absolutely stunned. My God, that is so beautiful. How did you connect all of those things? And I've always been so drawn to that. Like, how can I put words together that are going to have that sort of intangible thing of, wait, whoa, that was what? Wow, like I wasn't expecting that or that meant something to me and I don't really know why. I I don't think you can say like, I want this to be a profound lyric and like have any success with that. But I love to follow rhymes. I love... Mm -hmm. I mean, we're all we're all familiar with rhyming A, B, A, B, or, you know, yeah. like things like that that we hear in a lot of, you know, pop music or, or things like that, which is, you know, that's great. But I like to hunt for, like, almost challenge myself to see, like, how many different kinds of rhymes can I put in this in a way that, like, it doesn't feel gratuitous, that is, is actually making sense. But, like, how long can I keep this going? And so I'll be like, okay, I've got these two end-of-line rhymes here. Can I throw an internal rhyme into the middle of, of that line so that it's just like you're hearing more of the same sound going through that thought? Or like if I'm transitioning out of a thought, I'd like to bring a word that has like a rhyming sound in the middle of it, but then the next syllable is bringing me into the next thought in the next line. And so it's just sort of like weaving the rhyme sort of moving in these different weird patterns throughout like the stanzas as a way of tracking where the thoughts are going. It's like, oh, this thought was like prevalent up here, but now it's coming back just like in the smaller way down here. And this one connected to this, like this was one that brought me to that, but now I'm coming back to it in this way. And and how can I use that to indicate what's actually going on? Right? Like what's what what I'm trying to talk about or what I'm trying to think about or, or think out in the song. But yeah, I just I love that puzzle of like, let me see what kind of structure works for this. Like one of Sondheim's key rules is content dictates form. And so it's like, okay, if this is the thing I'm this is the story I'm trying to tell, how can I tell it better through the telling? So I just love playing with that and finding, you know, the intricacies and the, the little nooks and crannies where you can pull something interesting out of that. Maybe you're not going to notice 100 percent, you know, the first or second time you listen to it, but it's it creates a feeling that I think is more cohesive than just I'm going to rhyme the last syllable of the last yeah. word of the of each line together and stop there. Wow. Okay. I I just love your description of how you play with rhymes there. It's it's so Thanks. there's something about a when a rhyme just like happens or works. Oh, there's okay. it like scratches an itch in your brain, whether you're mm-hmm. hearing it or creating it. Yeah. Completely, completely. It is there's something so satisfying about it. I think, yeah. you know, as a lyricist, it's your job to not just express the idea that you're working with, but guide the listener towards a different understanding of it. You can't just say the words, you you have to make sure that they're heard. There is something about the more structured form of a song that just, you can wring some really, some gold out of it that you can't just in any other form. Yeah, I'm with you. Well, all right. (laughs) On that note, let's go to our lightning round. Um, Your answers do not have to be fast. Our first lightning round question, 
What is a lesson you've learned in your creative life or just your life that you'd love to share with others to make their creative lives or lives a little bit easier? Don't make a video pitching yourself to be on SNL <laughs> and put it on TikTok. But that's not really widely applicable. So maybe don't listen to that one. Um, I would Wouldn't say... it be annoying if someone else did that and it worked? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. I'm like, I'm going to say that and someone's like, but you know what? If that's what happens, good for them. And actually, yeah. I think that leads me to my my point, which is don't compare yourself to others or be resentful of your friends for getting mm. good things. It's natural. Like, it's yeah. natural to do that. We all do it. But I think if you can just sort of retrain your default to be happy for people instead of angry that it's not you, it just relieves a lot of pressure off your shoulders and lets you actually live a, just a happier life. Yeah, I agree. And then our second lightning round question, what is a lesson you learned the hard way in your life or your creative life that you're glad you learned the hard way? Because for you, there was no better way to learn that lesson. I mean, I think I think it's honestly kind of what we've been talking about, yeah. but of just like, don't let others dictate your perceptions of yourself. Trust, trust yourself. And if other people don't like you, that is okay. <laughs> yeah. Easier said than done. But it is. It yeah. is. I hope that people don't have to uh, learn it through the same kind of crucible that that I did. I'm not going to say that didn't help speed the process along, um, <laughs> but I still, you know, on the whole, I would say like probably don't don't do it that way if you, if you can avoid it. All right, our last lightning round question: What is your favorite thing or a favorite thing to do that has nothing to do with creating music, acting, performing, mm -hmm. lyrics? It's a fantastic question, and this is actually something I'm trying to work on. Because I've realized I don't really have a lot of hobbies because mm -hmm. I didn't allow myself to have them for a long time. I feel that. And it's just like this kind of realization of like, oh, other people do stuff for fun. Like yeah. just, and it has no influence on like their career or like advancement. Oh, it's so means. hard when you're creative because like any hobby yeah. you do just is in such danger of becoming not a hobby anymore. Absolutely. One of my favorite things to do is watch movies and TV shows. It's kind of work. I'm I'm going into it with the purpose of enjoyment, but I'm paying attention to it as someone who does that as you know as my work. Um, yeah, so, I don't I don't watch uh, much animation for that reason. Not because yeah, I don't love it. I I love it so much, but right. it does not relax me. No, well, and you know, I honestly like in the past, you know, year plus, I've had like a really hard relationship with watching comedy because i you know i was just told so much you are not funny that to like be faced with all of these people like who are funny and like who are having you know these great successes at it and like which i enjoy and like agree that they should be successful um yeah. was just sort of like there was a lot of discomfort with that of i don't know that i'm gonna feel good if i watch this it's just gonna make me think about myself so i've been like gravitating a lot more towards dramatic things i think i'm i think i'm easing up on that a bit now but, but for a long time it was just like man like i can't even do the thing that relaxes me now all that to say i haven't answered your question yet um <laughs> but I, do, I think the answer is like maybe just try and find that maybe i need to like try and think about that going forward <laughs> being being okay with like prioritizing leisure and relaxation decompression I don't know. Next time I'm back, I'll answer, you know, I'll let you know if I've uh, if I've come up with anything, but I don't think I have it right now. Sounds good. We will follow up with that. <laughs> <laughs> Find out what your hobbies are. <laughs> All right. And then the, the last question I'll ask is if you want, uh, where can people find you, follow you, get oh. in touch? 
Yes. Um, um, see I, some of your work. I, yeah. I'm not sure what your relationship is with social media at the moment. No, but... I mean, look, it's all still there. And if people want to go find it, I, I welcome them to do so. I, you know, I hope I hope people find something that, you know, is interesting to them and that they, they might enjoy. And if they don't, I hope they just don't leave a comment about it. <laughs> but yeah, I, I am at who is Jake Novak on all social media. And who is Jake Novak dot com is the website. That's where you can go. Great. Well, Jake, this was so much fun to talk to you. This I really, really enjoyed um, chatting with you and getting to know you. Um, well, thank you. And I really appreciate you coming on and, and talking about everything. No, thanks for having me. I mean, I appreciate like this was such a, a nice and thoughtful conversation. It's nice to talk about it with, you know, someone who just is also an artist. I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's the, that's kind of the premise of your, of your show, but <laughs> like, so good job. Um, I'm going to put that in the trailer for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there's something, you know, I think that people like us sort of innately understand about the experience, even if we don't have the specifics. You know, this is really nice. Thanks so much. Thank you again to Jake Novak for talking to me so openly, so honestly really fun. Hope we get to talk again sometime soon. Can't wait to see what you're making next. If you like this podcast, do all the podcasty things like subscribe, follow, rate, review. This podcast is on social media, TikTok and Instagram, at I loved this conversation. Please follow, and that's also the best way to get in touch with me. And I think most importantly, the way I find new podcasts is by people sharing them with me whether it's on social media or whether it's just like texting me an episode of a podcast that they found interesting. So if this resonated with you in any way, send it to someone, Just even just one person. That would mean so much to me if you just shared it with someone else. Thank you to my brother, Adam Salzberg, for making this episode sound good and for getting it to your ears. The theme music is by Typist, Adam's solo project. As always, I like to recommend an episode or two from the archives if you liked this episode and want to kind of keep the vibe going. I think my conversation with musician Yoni Gordon from a couple months back would be a really interesting one. It's another person who took a break from creating and is kind of coming back to it with a different approach. And if you like uh, nice Jewish boys from the Midwest who post stuff on TikTok, Mark Winsky from way back was a really, really interesting conversation and, a, and kind of a unique episode. So I recommend that one as well. Okay, this podcast will be back in theory in two weeks. The baby might make the schedule a little different. Please don't be mad at the baby for that. I still love all of you. So talk soon. Uh-huh.